Productions. Algar Productions. You are listening to the Post-Atomic Horror Podcast with Ron Algar Watt and Matt Robotham. Episode 249, covering Maneuvers and Resistance. Hi friends, well, it took some time for me to get some technical stuff done, and those very forgettable episodes have now leaked out my ears. Yeah, what happened? Anything? Did anything happen? Well, one of these episodes, the second one, is called Resistance, and I thought, oh, we're going to meet the Borg for the first time, I guess. <laughs> nope. No. no. What, are we, we had. what are we going to meet? Not a mul- oh. not Mullity Rebels, but Boring Resistance. La Resistance. La Resistance. Except not. I, God, I wish it was La Resistance. I, like from South Park, you mean? Absolutely. I want to see Janeway and the crew of Voyager join up with the kids from South Park who will mm-hmm. be completely done in um not in uh not in their traditional animated way but the way they were done in 3D for the N64 game. Oh, I never played that. You weren't missing out. Ah. Um although you did have access to the ray gun that turned that made Cartman sing and dance in the first episode. Well, he wants to sing a about the Muna and the Juna and the Springa. Right. Um yeah, battling, you know, black-clad leather assholes. So basically, this episode, yeah, or the or the second one, anyway. The first one, they, they first one is the Kazon, my very favorites. I, you know, well, I mean, we'll we'll get in. Why don't you tell us what happened, and then we'll talk. About it. <laughs> you want me to tell tell you about maneuvers? Yeah, I mean, I don't remember, so you you probably should. Well, with a well <laughs> with a great name like maneuvers, <laughs> that's like a DS nine name. Like, come uh-huh. on, what is, what is that? I know. They should have called it, like, I don't know, some 18-syllable word for maneuvering. Yeah, well, that that's usually Braga's move, and we didn't get Braga this time, so I guess that's something? Xenoftabilities. You know, that yeah, word. Xen- Xenoftabilities. Xenoftabilities. Please consult your doctor if Xenoftability is right for you. <laughs> All right, so Chuck and Annie's space ball adventures are brought to a halt when the ship is attacked by the fucking Kazon. And to the surprise of everyone, they actually manage a successful attack. Surprising, because everyone knows the Kazon are awful, and terrible, and stupid. I wouldn't know a good plan if it made papier-mâché in their hair. Turns out these particular Kazon have picked up former Voyager crew member, literally traitor to everyone she ever met. Seriously, I looked this up on Memory Alpha. On the day she was born, she betrayed her father to her mother. Uh, In fairness, that's that's Cardassian tradition. That's true. And stealer of Chakotay's bag, Seska. The Kazon steal important transport technology and then fuck the fuck off, so Chuck follows them on a quietly dignified rampage of revenge. Janeway's cheesed as hell, so she follows him. Meanwhile, Suska's attempting to unite the five families of the New York Kazon crime syndicate, but she's finding it an uphill fight because the Kazon are the redneck garbage of the Delta Quadrant. <laughs> so instead, she captures Chakotay and tries to hook up with him again. A crimp is put in this plan when the Kazon torture him, but they lack the skill of a Cardassian torture artist, so they mostly just punch him in the face while he makes fun of their penises. Eventually, Voyager arrives, the Kazon alliance crumbles like so many ruined hats, and Seska escapes after making Chakotay her baby daddy. Seriously. See, now, okay, Seska, like, is a great sort of, like, mustache twirly, like, up to that very end bit, even. Like, this is actually my good thing. She's kind of nuts. Uh-huh. Like, in the way that we wish this show did more of. She She's a really great, like, muhu-ha-ha, just pure evil villain. Yeah, I like that. I, I genuinely like her as a villain, and, like, I was going to wait to get to my good thing, but really, your your final sentence there, like, mm. no, that really happened. Yep. It was really kind of nuts. Yep. I, I like it. She She's got this, like, She's so Cardassian, and yeah. the Kazon have clearly never dealt with a Cardassian before because they don't know how to deal with her. So yeah. you get, like, these stupid idiots just like, uh, you're a woman, shut the fuck up, who don't know they're being Lady Macbeth. Yeah. No, there's there's some... And like I say, I, I enjoyed it because of that. It's also, I would say, the best Kazon episode we've had so far, which... So, but really... <laughs> 
I don't know, like, the point of them, to me, is, one, because Star Trek is, like, we're always running into guys who have the same technology. Mm. So, okay, finally we have someone who's outclassed and, like, is scared and intimidated by that. Yep. I, li- I like that. And I like that we don't really get to know any particular Kazon for very long. Like, Nog, I think, is the one we got to know the most, and we'll never see him again. Nope. So, like, basically, the point is now to be Seska's cannon fodder. Yeah. Her, and I like that. I her like the, army of dopes. Yeah. But really, she got tossed off the ship for, I, I don't know, just for being a, like a triple spy or whatever. Mm. God. Well, I guess anything's a crime now. <laughs> but um, then she manages to gather up an army of these idiots. And like, I, I don't know. I kind of like that in yep. a way. No. I, and she, I love the way she'll, she'll base, she's basically found herself in the position where she's stranded in the Delta Quadrant. Um, she, and she has no support at all. So she's basically willing to do that Cardassian thing where you turn on a, like she'll, she'll turn on a dime to, uh, to make her station a little bit better. I like that. Yeah. And I will say it is very Cardassian while at the same time, not exactly being something we've seen before. Mm -hmm. Like she's different than Gul Dukat because Gul Dukat is usually, sometimes he's removed from power, but usually he's in a position of power and then, or in the process of gaining it back. Yeah. We've never seen a Cardassian really backed into a corner like this before and having to just scrape up whatever terrible bullshit you can find and piece together a plan, you know, like she's like Cardassian MacGyver. Yeah. It's like, well, I'm not on Voyager anymore. I guess I'll make do with these idiots. At least they're, at least they're easy to tell what to do. Well, they have ships that fly. Mm -hmm. I can trick them easily. Yep. They're they're humanoid enough that they probably find me attractive, so I can use that. Yep, all I have to do is have sex with this guy. Yeah. Ugh. And there, there's, like, I don't know. I, I, I will give her a lot of credit also for, like, the plan she has when she comes at Voyager is really well thought out. hmm Like, she, uh, the teaser is, like, we've picked up a signal from the Federation, and my my initial reaction, and probably yours as well, was, ugh, again? Oh, the Federation, seriously? Well, the whole point of this show is to get away from all that. Yep. Like, let's, maybe, I mean, just like two weeks ago, we already met some guys who had been to Earth again. Mm-hmm. Like, we need to get away and do our own thing here, please. No, but, like, they play it perfectly, because she knows that if they put out a oh, Federation yeah. signal. This is the perfect bait. Yeah. And she does it really well. And then she still has their security codes, which I don't know why Tuvok didn't change them, but okay, whatever. Hey, Captain, I just wanted to remind you that it's uh, we need to change the all the passwords and stuff this week. <laughs> sure thing, Chakotay. I'll put that on my to-do list. Oh, no, no. It's Tuvok suggesting it. Right. Sorry. Then, it's just really easy to say Chakotay in that voice. It is. But I, I feel like it's Chakotay who's like, uh, I don't want to have to memorize a new password. Can we just make it like password one, two, three? That's the thing. It was password one two three. She, they turned it to password to password one two three four. Right. And 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 it does. And it probably did that thing that it does in movies, where it's like missing parameter, one more digit. <laughs> like uh. it always, like you know what I mean in movies and stuff, where it like gives you too much of a hint of what the password is. Yep. I'm, I'm thinking specifically of Watchmen. Yeah. Where he puts in Ramses and it says, uh, you know, incomplete password. Ramses hey. two, and then it works. <laughs> hey, you're almost there. Yeah. It, <laughs> you it, really want to give me you really want to give people like you really want to give a hint to someone who's yeah, breaking good, into your computer. Good guess, try again. Mm-hmm. That is not a thing a secure thing should tell you. I can't the, it, are you seriously telling me warmer? Yeah. <laughs> On the other hand, you know, I feel like Alan Moore living in a cave, especially mm. in nineteen eighty four. Yep. Probably didn't know how that worked. I don't know what a password is. Like, he probably still doesn't. What's a computer? Right. Um, In any case, though. Hail Snake God. She was able to, like, punch through their security. Mm -hmm. She was able to, like, they they beam on, they steal some transporter shit, and then they beam off. And, like... They don't even beam them. They fucking drive the... Oh, right, 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 right. They crash a fucking knife ship into the end of Voyager, which is actually pretty badass. I like that. And also, there's no... It's it's not all technobabbly. Like, I don't know how warp works, and I don't care. Mm-hmm. But, like, I do understand that, fictionally, the way it works, it's supposed to make a bubble around the ship. Yeah. Like, there's a warp bubble around the ship. If there's something sticking out of the ship that changes the shape, then it can't make a bubble. Mm-hmm. That's the extent of the technical jargle that I need. 
and yep. it works. Makes like, sense. There's something sticking out, so it can't form a, a complete seal around the ship anymore. So now they can't go to war. Mm-hmm. Like that, that works. Um, but yeah, her whole plan actually works to the to the extent that like, and I know he's going to chase after us because they don't want like they don't want this technology falling in the wrong hands. And this these are like, there's no wronger hands here than these guys. These idiots. Yeah. Hey, we got access to beaming people. I, and I like that, too. Mm-hmm. They have access to beaming people, and what do they do? They turn it into a weapon. Of course they do. I really like that. We'll beam you into space. There's a there's a bit where, as you say, they're trying to unite the five families. Oh, God. Which I also like, because we knew from the very first episode that mm-hmm. these guys are all divided into warring camps, or uh, sex, uh, as sex. they keep saying. Tell me more about the Kazon <laughs> camp sex. They talk so much about Kazon sex in this episode. Oh, man. And about how they need to, like, pool their sects and, like, so, like, try the sex in a different configuration. Mm-hmm. I'm desperately scrambling to make some good wordplay out of this. And these, I <laughs> when I'm in charge, the sex will rule again. Yes. But there, there's too much sex. There needs to be like, like less sex, but like with with uh, greater efficiency. You guys aren't sexting hard enough, right? Uh, in any case, as they're doing that, and the guys say, "Yeah, no, we're not going to sex." No. Uh, then they just okay. We appreciate the- your invitation to sex, but uh- yeah. Which I think was the show within a show on Twin Peaks, invitation to sex. Oh God, that's right. <laughs> um. But then, like, the next scene is Voyager chasing after them, mm-hmm. like, one step behind them for a bit, which I liked. Like, someone's outsmarting them. And um, but I think their their guard is down because they've been in the Delta Quadrant for so long and nobody is a viable threat that it's like, how are we being outsmarted? By the Kazon! Oh, this is really embarrassing. This is, I hope, like, if and when we get back home, I hope we just leave this part out. Just, like, just not put this in our report. Mr. Tuvok, you want to tell me how exactly we got outsmarted by the Kazon? I didn't uh, see, I didn't expect them to have, you know, a plan. Yeah, but uh, uh, so they, they find some debris. Mm. And it's interesting because I watch most of these with Amanda because she feels like she needs to watch all of them. And I keep telling her, you're only on the show once a season. You don't have to watch all of them. That's, that, like, no, I, I do. That's That's real. That's real love right there. Uh, no, that's no, beautiful. It's, no, it's nothing to do with me. <laughs> like it's not devotion to me. It's her wanting to come on the show and have an educated opinion. Mm. Well, I it's, still got to respect that. I, I respect, but it's professionalism. Let's be clear, mm-hmm. not not any kind of love. <laughs> but uh, she was. She happened to be uh, for some reason looking at her phone a lot during these episodes. You don't say. <laughs> I know. Weird. And um, so she missed it when the usually pretty typical scene happen where like we're seeing some debris on screen magnify and i'm like oh shit and she doesn't even look up i'm like look at that and she missed it it's mm. it's corpses yep <laughs> come it's on amanda fucking... you love corpses yeah i do but, love like, corpses that actually hey it's like she's sitting right here <laughs> um but really it was genuinely a surprise like she was not wrong to not look up because it usually is a very predictable beat mm-hmm. like oh they they you know, I don't know. Some kind of space something. thing, whatever. I, I don't give a shit, whatever. Yeah. But it was, um, it was, it was a surprise. Like it actually, like I thought it was kind of badass. Yeah. Like, and I didn't see it coming and it was cool that they had turned the thing into a weapon. Yeah. Nice job, Kazon. Yeah. I, yeah. That's not a sentence you would say often. Or ever. Oh. Or ever. Blah. Blah. Yeah. Have to wash out your mouth now. Yes. No, I and in general, again, thinking of them as her henchmen, not thinking of them as a distinct culture, but thinking of them as like the guys who should be wearing like black sweatshirts with like Seska based puns on them. <laughs> they're they're you know they're pretty all right. Maybe one guy's called like Spoons. <laughs> um, spoons, <laughs> get them. Spoons and like I like a lizard name like Gecko. Spoons, Gecko. Oh my god, you have no idea how badly I would kill for a uh, uh, Batman 66-style fight scene between fucking Kazon and the crew of the Voyager. Yeah, absolutely. In one of those weird warehouses they always fought in with, like, the the pop art on the walls. Yeah, but then there'd be, like, some kind of weird giant oversized novelty prop, like, death trap. Yeah, but, like, like, and also a statue for no reason. Yeah, but but you got to have the death trap also. You got to have the conveyor belt or the giant like magnifying glass or you know something like that. Fucking Harry swinging back and forth on a rope for no reason. Now somebody you would want to rescue. 
not Harold. <laughs> um, but really, this, believe it or not, sort of ties into your bad thing, because that would have been better than... Uh-huh. Oh, Christ, the... Wait, what was this? You're, you're the, the torturing. Oh, that's my good thing. Oh, is it? I love the fucking torture sequence. How is sequence. that your good... Th- really? Yep. I guess I misread. I uh-huh. thought that was your bad thing. Nope. Because it was a bad thing. I love the torture sequence. Let, let's let's hear you defend this, because I thought it was terrible. I may not like it for particularly the right reasons. No, I love fucking Chakotay chained up or tied to a chair while um, the Kazon tries to, uh, tries to torture him by punching him repeatedly in the face. Yeah, look, we've advanced beyond that now in the 21st century. Yeah, put a towel in his mouth or something. Come on. No, and yeah. fucking Seska's watching in the background a Cardassian and a spy who yeah. knows more about torture than anyone ever in the Delta Quadrant. Well, like, I, what, was, gonna... she, she was in the Obsidian Order, right? Mm-hmm. I think she was. She yeah. must she have was, been, yeah. She was infiltrating the... Uh, the Maquis, so yeah. she probably like, and she was some kind of Cardassian intelligence, so mm-hmm. she probably was. And she's just watching this guy fucking like, <laughs> just punch Chakotay in the face. And Chakotay's like, so how was she in bed? Mm-hmm. Huh? Huh? Did she do the same thing she did to me? Did she tell you that you're the most interesting man she's ever met? Which, by the way, you should have caught on to the to the lie of uh, yeah. at that point, Chakotay. Yeah. If anyone's I mean, calling you the most interesting man they've ever met. Yeah, probably you're not. It's like it's either either she's lying or she's met one man, or she's being super sarcastic. Yep. Oh, oh you're ch- the most interesting person I've ever met. <laughs> but okay, so you like that scene? I do like that scene. Why? I don't know. I just really enjoyed it. I like Chuck fucking uh, like not giving in and just ribbing on the Kazon guy. I love the Kazon guy getting angrier and angrier and just <laughs> ineffectually pawing at him. See, I feel like. That could have been a much better scene if Robert Beltran was either a better actor or gave a shit. I still can't tell if he's just phoning it in or if he's not very good. Mm-hmm. That might but, be both. But there were some de- there were some decent lines in there. I'll give you that. Yep. There were some decent like like laughing at your torturers, which I always like. Bruce Willis usually pulls that kind of thing off really yeah. well. Oh, you trying to intimidate me? You fuck! I don't care. Yep. No, uh, it, because I don't feel like he's good enough. I didn't buy it. Yeah, he's just he's oh he's not reacting. He never reacts. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? This yeah. isn't unusual for him. No, I I, I enjoyed it. I like uh, she still got that birthmark on her stomach. Ah. Yeah. No, it's, it's Ooh, like I say, Chakotay, you're making me mad. Decent, intimidating dialogue. I just feel like he didn't ma- he didn't sell it. Well, yeah, because he's you know Robert Beltram is terrible. I don't, but again, I can't tell if he's terrible because I've heard reports that he's good in things. And I also have read that he doesn't care much about Star Trek. Mm -hmm. And my assumption, based on nothing, but my assumption is that he's just phoning it in because he doesn't care. Mm -hmm. But maybe not. I mean, I could, I don't know. I could be wrong. Yeah. Um, But yeah, I like that. uh... Fair enough. I mean, you know. I, I like I like that you're, you're getting better at standing your ground. Like, mm-hmm. I thought it was terrible, but you're like, no, it's good. Yep, like, it is good. Yeah. Hit him again. <laughs> so you just liked him being punched, really? Yep. That's, not the, o- that's not the only reason, but I do like watching someone punch Ch- Chakotay in the face. Uh, something we didn't talk nearly enough about last week, incidentally, was mm. Neelix's eye being pecked out by a bird. Oh, man, can we talk? We did talk about it. But, uh, but we didn't talk about it enough. Neelix's no, we- eye got pecked out by a crow. No, 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 by a hawk. Like, it was, a, it was a bird of prey that was circling high up and swooped down. Sorry, I was picturing his eye getting pecked out by Crow T. Robot. <laughs> Give me your hey, eye. like this? <laughs> That's one oh. <laughs> Just pecking away at him with his beak? Yep. Give me that. Purse your beak. It's crew. Crew. I'll purse your beak. But, um... No, we, we that's that so far that is the standard for this show. That's the new Chekhov being shot. Yep. That's the thing I want to see happen over and over again. <laughs> I could again, watch but, a bird peck out Neelix's eye all day. Yeah, I'll, although I do think that um Chuck getting punched isn't bad. Nope. I'll watch it I'll watch Chuck get punched for a while. Yeah. Yeah. He takes a punch really well. I I, I mean I guess. And punch him in the stomach too. Yeah, sure. No, I just like I don't know. I felt like they could have done more with that. Like, it was just like, it just showed. I don't. I, there was a good interplay, I think, between Seska and the and the and the Kazon because the the what is it? The Maj. Yeah, the Maj. I keep wanting to say the Vag, and that's not right. 
something like that. I am the Kazon Vag. I am First Vag Mod. How many Vages do you have on this ship exactly? Never so you many. mind. <laughs> Ignore me. <laughs> um, but there, there's an because as you say, they uh, they say, oh, you're you know, you're a woman. Shut up. And she, okay, but well, she's still clearly in charge. Whatever you say. Now go do this. Like. I, I I kind of expected her to be defiant at that, and then it's like, no, it's way sneakier. Yeah, she pretends that's, to be, you know. That's not how you play these guys. Yeah. No, you look demu- demure, demure. Yeah. And you can fucking you can basically you don't lose any power. No, you were you were absolutely right to compare her to Lady Macbeth. There's yep. a lot of whispering behind the scenes. Yes. Like, well, why don't now you do, this? do this? And there's a couple of times where. The only way they're going to keep up with Voyager is to do some pretty elaborate technology-based mm. stuff that they clearly don't know what they're doing. So she's calling the shots, and he's like, "Uh, yeah, do that thing, she said. Yeah. But they, they point out in the episode, she was... Uh, so she was Cardassian. They don't say Obsidian Order in this episode, but I'm pretty sure she was. Yeah, we could be so wrong, but we don't Cardassian think so. intelligence, Cardassian military, something... Cardassian and probably pretty badass. Mm. I mean, even if it's just the military, like that's yeah, that's, good. <laughs> that's pretty that's the good. Thing. There were there were a few warring factions or sects uh, on Cardassia as well. Yes, like the Obsidian Order was not the only intelligence. Uh, no thing. It was like they had their own FBI, their own CIA. Like they had a bunch of stuff. But um, and then she was she served under Starfleet for a while, so she knew a bunch of Starfleet shit. Mm. And she was also a Maquis, so she didn't maybe necessarily learn a lot about tactics or whatever but she did specifically learn about the tactics of Chakotay and Balana and Tuvok I mean she certainly learned how to run away and hide in a cloud Which she's a this, master of that this is true but I, specifically she learned these enemies yes she got inside the heads of half this crew well Balana when I didn't know this Balana said Sesko was her best friend at first I was like what that was out of nowhere and then I thought about it like no actually it wasn't out of that nowhere could yeah they we saw them a number of times before she revealed her betrayal, mm-hmm. hanging out and talking both professionally and casually. Yeah, they had lunch together. They also worked in engineering together. Like they're they are both like they were they were friends. And Bellana said she doesn't have a lot of friends. No, so this could she could very well be her best friend. Yep, that tracks. <laughs> She's my best friend. Suska's like we had dinner twice. Yeah, but <laughs> no. oh, you're one of those. Yeah. Nobody else likes me. <laughs> Come on, man. I need this. Yeah. But no, I like like I say, for my knee jerk was like, no. And then I was like, wait. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I get yeah. that. Yeah. 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 That's the ticket. <laughs> John Lovitz lately. What's that about? I don't know. I don't even like John Lovitz. Uh, some things I like about Except him. Except for the critic. <laughs> it stinks. Yes, Mr. Sherman. Everything stinks. Um... Buy my book. <laughs> but the, um, I, I just, like, they pointed out, like I said, she's very qualified because she spent time with all these different groups. Yep. And they're right. She makes a good villain and she's kind of crazy. Yes. Like, she is a Cardassian, but it's also like a Cardassian bent on a personal revenge thing rather than just power for herself. Yep. And, like, I love the. Like, I just love the, we talked about this a little bit, but how much she's willing to go through to just to get ahead, you know? But the thing is, like, I don't feel like her ultimate goal is to get back to the Alpha Quadrant for the good of Cardassia. Oh, I don't think it's to get back to the, for the good of Cardassia, certainly. I think it's about getting back. Yeah, but I don't even know that she wants that at this point. She might. She didn't say. But uh, I feel like. Her motives are way more personal and revenge-driven and less, like, like she's no longer serving the Cardassian government to, you know, bring back secrets about the Maquis and Starfleet. Yeah. Now she's just like, I'm going to get back at my ex-boyfriend, and it's not, I don't know. Well, is that, do you you think that's why she, why she decided to have his baby? That I don't know. That was just fucking nuts. See, my assumption is that's like she knows Voyager is going to be a problem again. Now she has something to throw the commander off with. Well, not only that, they like not like like not only just take off. Like now they have to go after her probably. Yeah, exactly. Now she's got a she's got something that like they're going to be looking out for her best interest. They can't kill her. Right. Not only that, 
but they can't just let her like my last line was um then again who cares leave her to live with her dirt people chakotay's going home Mm -hmm. but But he won't (laughs) no and janeway will probably let him go after her and so now it's like a whole thing i have to find my baby i know i won't spoil it for you if you don't want me to this is like (laughs) listeners you are in matt's hands right now because uh it's up to him whether I spoil this or not. Oh, God. There's, there's at least one more twist in this. Ooh, okay, don't tell me. Okay. Sorry, listeners. Back. She'll be back, and there's at least one more, like, oh, <clears throat> okay. And I only knew this because I read it, like, on Memory Alpha. Like, I didn't see the episode. Yeah, don't don't tell me. Yeah. <clears throat> there's further development. I don't get many surprises with Seska. And I'll tell you, I have your baby in me, Chakotay. That was a surprise. <laughs> and, I, like, I've mentioned this before, the, the next... Um, a comedy project I'm working on is a soap opera. So mm. I'm doing a lot of uh, research like on terrible soap operas just for, you know, for tone and, and stuff. And your new beloved passions. Oh God, fucking passions. <laughs> Which uh, Brian pointed out uh, a favorite of Spike the Vampire and uh, Joyce Summers. Mm-hmm. So I, I guess I'm in good company. There. I believe Giles was into it too. I think so. Yes. Uh, but anyway, um, I'm, I'm watching a lot of this kind of overwrought melodramatic crap Mm. and um this felt right in line with that (laughs) i've got your baby end of episode yep like dun 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 (laughs) but i like it like it's not even dun 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 it's like a chord on an organ yeah (laughs) but we've talked about this we've talked about if the show was more over the top that would be a different direction and we'd be down with like if it was just if it embraced its terribleness yeah and and it's camp and it's over the topness we'd be fine with that both of us i think yep like, like, I love the idea of Seska as, like, this, like, <laughs> a Their recurring villain. villain is someone's crazy ex-girlfriend. Yes! <laughs> like, in in uh, Next Gen, it was this all-powerful being from another dimension. Yep. In DS9, it was a uh, uh, former space, like, general who th- then became space Hitler mm-hmm. and is now working, like, And then became the own. actual devil. <laughs> Right. And so, like, okay, now it's someone's crazy ex-girlfriend. <laughs> it's, I, like, it's like if Keiko was against the... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that'd be good. They just... In, in that series, there would be an episode called Miles! Oh, my God. Just flying around on a skull-shaped spaceship. <laughs> I had a baby, so you can't hurt me, Miles. Oh Christ! But it would be a it would be a stylized skull in in like the style of some Japanese art. Oh yeah, because you can't. No, no, no. Pan. It would be. Oh my God. What? It would be in the shape of a paper crane. <laughs> no, it would be an origami skull. <laughs> Flying around space in an origami skull. Attention fan or attention fan art people. No, no, I, I still <sighs> want to see the Batman sixty six fight before. I oh see that. yeah, that too. Oh, with my the giant death trap. Christing hell! Oh my yeah. god! But that's the thing. Like early on, I will say I didn't quite embrace the camp like you did. You've always been into that stuff. Mm-hmm. It's taken me a little while. It, it took me a trip through Batman sixty six actually to truly appreciate. The value of, okay, this isn't supposed to be taken that seriously. Just have fun with no, it. No, that's the wonderful thing about Batman 66. Yeah, but so many things I see, like, there's a difference between deliberately elbow-ribbing, hey, isn't this kind of cheesy, and this is just bad, let's make fun of it. Yep. You know what I mean? And I've always had a hard time drawing that line. I think I've figured it out now, and that's why I kind of like the first couple of uh, Mirror Universe episodes on DS9, because they just said, fuck it, let's chew the scenery. Mm-hmm. But then the later Mirror Universe episodes were like, uh, this is just bad now. You know what I mean? Like, that's the difference. Yeah. Which, oddly enough, uh, Seska reminded me a bit of Mirror Kira mm-hmm. in her just campy, over-the-top, I'm-the-villain who's also trying to seduce people but also just wants power mm-hmm. and, you know. I'm going to tie Voyager to the railroad tracks. Yeah. I, I, more of that, please. Yes, please. That would give this show more of a distinct vibe. I, I love that kind of crap. And occasionally it does that, but mm-hmm. mostly it's just boring, as we'll see in the next episode. Yeah. Uh, my bad thing. Yeah, please. Though, uh, is my bad thing for about 50 other episodes across all the series mm-hmm. 
enough of this Starfleet officer steals a shuttle and goes off on a one-man crusade and there's absolutely no repercussions bullshit. That really bugged me at the end of this episode. It, yeah. It's just Chakotay getting chewed out in Janeway's office, but it doesn't it doesn't result Not in anything. Not so much chewed out as like nibbled out. Yeah, it's like she she literally does it. I'm not mad, I'm just disappointed. Well, there's a, there's a line, obviously it's meant for comedy in Arrested Development, where uh, uh, Lindsay is mad at Maybe and she says, uh, no, you're in trouble. You're punished. I punish you. <laughs> and she thinks, I think she thinks that's all she has to say. Yep. Is the joke. And it feels like that here. Uh, Chakotay, you're on report. Yeah. You're what on, does that mean? You're on punishment. All that means is now you have a label that says on report. Yep. Like, there's no repercussions. He doesn't have to get in the brig for a week. He doesn't yep. have to, like, take away his replicator rations. Do something. Th- that's the thing. It's not like she even says, if that even means anything anymore. Hey, it doesn't. Because you know what? He's still going to be showing up for work tomorrow. He's still going to get off at, at five and just do whatever. Like, you don't even, you haven't even confined him to quarters. Like, do so- put him on fucking latrine detail for a week or something. Yeah. You know? The thing is, they've talked. Talked about they've mentioned this a bunch of times on this show, and I get this being a problem mm-hmm. that we need everyone we have. We can't afford to send you you put you in the brig, and we're not gonna put you in the brig for 75 years anyway, because that's ridiculous. Yes. And okay, I grant you, all of that is true. However, you have you have since adapted to the fact that you don't have you can't replicate as much food as you used to mm-hmm. by for you know, for better or worse, bringing on a cook. You did you you changed normal procedure and did something new. Yeah. You could come up with new punishments. Like, yeah, exactly. Like you again, I think taking away the replicator credits, which is the only valuable currency on the ship that I know of, mm-hmm. would be a good start. Like now you have to eat Neelix hair food for a month. <laughs> you can't you can't make your delicious food that is in the replicator, you have to eat this bullshit now. Yep. Like, oh God, I'm so sorry. I'll never do it again. Exactly. It's just dude. They should all be Neelix based punishments, come to think of it. Yeah, no, no. you have to spend you have to spend the the evening with Neelix. No, the next five away missions I send you on, you're bringing Neelix with you. Oh man. Or something like that. He's just like We're gonna be great friends, Mr. Chicote. Uh-huh. Yes, you are. That's part of your punishment. You're going to be great friends. <laughs> Captain, I just wanted to, I just wanted to thank you for all the people you've been sending up to be friends with me. That was a really good time. What do you do to punish Neelix exactly? Just uh, hit on his girlfriend? I, isn't being Neelix punishment enough, really? You would think, but I think Neelix really enjoys being. Oh, Neelix. he loves. I love being me. <laughs> oh, that's true. Like that dude is the happiest motherfucker on the ship because he wakes up every morning and knows exactly. I'm Neelix. Okay, like, here's here's what you do. Um. Someone else takes Kess on a date and he has to watch. Oh, that's a good one. That's the only thing we know that really gets under his skin. <laughs> that and stealing his lungs. <laughs> no, he didn't seem that bothered by that. No, every every time Neelix screws up, you get to steal an organ from him. <laughs> oh no, my lungs. Oh no, oh, my, my eye. eye. <laughs> How much of Neelix is going to be left when they get back to the office? Oh my God, he's just a brain in a jar. And they're like, this is a Talaxian, huh? We never seen one of these. Is there a body? Well, there was. <laughs> Not so much anymore. But yeah, really, there's, there's a no... trail of Neelix parts across the marking their path across the Delta Quadrant. <laughs> That's how Seska can find them. <laughs> but really, this this bullshit, and it happens a lot. It happened a bit in DS9, mm-hmm. and it happened in Next Gen, and I'm pretty sure it happened in the original series as well. In the original series, it was mostly Kirk breaking the rules, though. So, yeah. like. Who's going to care? But, like, I'm just, I'm so tired of it. And I will give this episode credit. There were a few times where I saw a big hole and I yelled at the screen. And then the very next scene, they addressed it. Yep. Where, it like, how did she get through the codes? Didn't they change the codes? And the very next scene, uh, uh, Kate's yelling at Tuvok, how did she get through the codes? Didn't you change the codes? And it's like, that that's pretty good. Yep. And at the end, again, like you say, she says to Chakotay, I'll put you on report. And I almost said, like, that means anything. And she says, like, that means anything. Uh-huh. Like, Stop doing that. <laughs> but really, she she's right. That's the and like what bugs me is that this is like he can't be pulling this kind of shit because no, we're, we're still she says early. this to him. You are the first officer. Everyone looks to you as an example. This is a very bad example. No, that's not even it, though. Not only is he the first officer, he's also a Maquis guy. We're still early uh, enough that that matters. Yeah, and we got we to gotta tell these guys that following Starfleet orders is the only way to go. Yeah, exactly. That means you 
you need to be the representative of the Ma- like you need to basically be the face of the Maquis for the Maquis on the ship. The you face don't- tattoo of the Maquis. Yeah, exactly. You can't pull this shit, man. Like, no. l- like we might be getting back into mutiny territory again. Well, and it's, but I mean, again, there's a lot of precedent for it, and I hated it then, and I hate it now. Mm-hmm. Like Riker charging off to rescue his um, differently gendered uh, friend. I'm trying to say girlfriend in a in a sensitive way, and like, no boy, girl, you know, that androgynous person he was dating. Yeah. Or um, Worf going back to save Dax. I mean, uh, he got in trouble for that. Though. That fact, is, that's the thing. Like, this is this is why I Cisco brought it up. Cisco specifically said, "You probably will never get a command now." Mm-hmm. Like that. They didn't. That was one of those nice things where it's like. We don't have to talk about this going forward, but at least some, you know, yeah. there's repercussions that we don't have to keep talking about. No, but the reason I bring it up is that that was a really good um, uh, punishment that doesn't yeah. affect, like, it affects the characters, but it won't, it doesn't affect the show going on. Right, exactly. That's know? what I'm saying. Like, it, it's because it is hard for them to constantly remember all the crap they got yeah. it right in there. I get that. And you don't want it to be heavily serialized. I get that too. Mm-hmm. But, on the other hand, you got to feel like they're being punished in some way. Just and something, you know. End the episode with him on a uh, <laughs> out on a ladder, having to scrub the ship down like Lister in the opening credits of Red Dwarf. <laughs> now that should be the opening credits, the same opening credits we have now, mm-hmm. with them zipping through everything. Only there's a tiny guy trying to mop while the ship is cruising through an asteroid belt or whatever. Dun 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 dun. Bow, 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 bow. And like ducking because the ship is flying so close to an asteroid and he's sticking out of the you know off the hull damn it paris we're right ah. near we're right by the sun yeah have fun out there well you're being punished yeah you're on punishment can't, detail can't you turn into an air conditioner or something <laughs> what was your actual bad thing because you initially like we both kind of had this because we were both really bugged by yeah it. I, I didn't pick up on from your thing that's like oh you're mad about that thing yeah. Um, no, I went with, there's a Kazon in this, um, and keep in mind, I had to, okay, that's fair. I had to make this up pre- pretty quick. Um, well, yeah, we bo- like, wait a minute, that's my bad thing. Oh, yeah, shit, shit, it is. Okay. Um, one of the Kazon guys in this just has the worst fucking makeup. Um, his hair is basically, and I haven't seen this before, because usually it's the weird coral and like, uh, uh, well, I b- think the different basalt sex, rock. I think the difference Kazon sex Mm-hmm. Sex, sex, sex. Um, I like what have different hair and different. Party? Yeah, <laughs> if it's gonna be that kind of party. I'm gonna stick my dick in the mashed potatoes. <laughs> oh no, um, this means something. <laughs> but they uh, like. I think the different groups of Kazon have like weird different hair, and different, different and stupid hair. And stuff. Well, yeah. Um, no, but one of them has like what clearly looks to me like very dirty, matted pubic hair with mushrooms coming out of it. Like, I still don't like the design, but we need to be clear, you just think it's a bad design. Like, it's it's actually applied well. I do think it's a bad design. It Look, as far as mushrooms and pubic hair go, it's the best I've ever seen. But... What I'm saying is, someone drew that, and mm-hmm. then the makeup guy. Did. You don't want to. You don't want to fault the makeup guy for doing what they were told. No, to do. good. Good job on your pubic hair and because uh, you mushrooms. said bad makeup, and what you mean is badly designed. Yes, yeah. I okay. just everything about the Kazon fucking pisses me off, and I don't, I don't want. To, I don't want that to be my bad thing because I've said it before, but they're yeah. just terrible. Just but, fucking the idiots of space. I think they're meant to be flying to around in their extent. garbage truck spaceship. <laughs> I just. I think they're meant to be. They're meant to like. We haven't really had an extended contact with a race that is less than, you know, everyone's usually an equal. The Klingons and the Romulans and the Cardassians and and even, you know, the allied races are usually at the same level. Yep. We don't really have a primitive race trying to keep up. Well, then you know what? They've been executed perfectly. I'm not saying the show means to make them boring or or terrible, but Mm. I'm saying... It is a different thing than we've seen in Star Trek for a prolonged period before. I just I'm waiting for Voyager to realize that they're the Fer- they're the Ferengi of Voyager and just make them like ridiculous. Eh, the thing is, I know, and this isn't a spoiler because it's obvious they are going to get closer to home and they are going to pass out of Kazon space, and eventually we won't see these guys anymore. Yep, and that'll be great. But for now, I fucking hate them. I just they're they're a nothing to me. Mm-hmm. They're not good or bad they're just kind of there and again i didn't see them as a race i saw them as as seska's henchmen <laughs> and that made them way more effective to that me. that helps a lot i love that idea 
she just she found some guys who have ships that work, mm-hmm. and she said, "You know what? With a little coaching, this can this can work for me." Go, go my Kazon. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, that's way better than the Batman sixty six thing. Bring me the head of Chakotay. <laughs> I, just, I keep picturing them. You're not going to get this, but I keep picturing them as the putties from uh, Power Rangers. Fair enough. No, I don't get that. You say I, putty, and I picture David Putty. I know. Hey. Hey. You got, got a question. Got baby, Chicote. You got a question. You asked the eight ball. All right. We are way past the halfway point, which is fine because I have very little to say about resistance. Yeah, me too. You want to roll into this thing and get it No, over first with? let's say your quote. Oh, then... yeah. <laughs> this is the best... I, I had no idea going into this that we were gonna get that uh, um, Tuvok was gonna be the most uh, passive aggressive guy ever. Well, I mean, his security, like he was made an idiot of at the beginning. Mm-hmm. Like his security was fucking just decimated, so he was not happy. Nope. But he has this great line to Chakotay. Perhaps Commander Chakotay could use his intimate knowledge of Seska to manipulate her in much the same way she manipulated us. Yep. Well, if you didn't go around sticking your dick in everything, maybe this wouldn't have happened. I, this is the other thing. I had no idea Tuvok fucking hated Chakotay. Oh, he died. Like, we've, we've seen that a bit. What was it? Uh, that terrible, we think, oh, the, the, the ship is turning into a maze episode. Yep. Where they thought they were going to die and the two of them were at odds. And yep. he's like. You always wanted to be first officer, didn't you? Yes. Yes. No, I just, I, lo- I love that he hates Chakotay, and I love that he keeps hating Chakotay. It's wonderful. I also, and we'll get into this a bit in the next episode, I like the dynamic between Tuvok and Balana. Mm-hmm. Those two are at the same level. I don't think, I don't, I think they're the same rank, but in any case, they're both department heads. Yeah. And we often see where they're either with Chakotay or Janeway arguing for a plan. Mm-hmm. And inevitably, they're on opposite sides of the plan because Tuvok wants to do the rational, logical, I thought this out, this is the best way to do it, this is protocol thing. And, and Bolana wants to yell at it. I, but she's very effective. Oh, yeah. She's very, like, like one of the few not terrible things about the Maquis is that they're supposed to be good at improvising because they don't have many resources. Mm-hmm. And so she's got that sort of, like, MacGyver... Like, well, we don't have a new shiny spaceship, so we got to make do with what we got. So let's try this. Yep. And she's pretty good at it. And I like their conflicting. And, and again, we'll get into that in a minute. But I, I don't know. A lot about a lot about this show is uneven and terrible or, or repetitive or cliched. But the relationships between the characters seem pretty stable and usually pretty good. Yep. For the most part. Like. These two guys like each other, and that remains a thing. It's not just like they're friends this week and next week they're not. Yeah. Like, no, the people who are sort of adversarial remain that way, mm-hmm. and the people who are sort of friendly remain that way, and sometimes the relationships grow, and it's nice. Yeah. So, anyway, I've stalled long enough. Let's, Let's talk. Why don't you tell us about Resistance? Which, again, I thought might be a Borg episode, but no. <laughs> not not some, no luck. No. It's very <laughs> futile, though. We open with a bunch of our... Guys in terrible civilian clothing, hanging out in some exotic alien location, making shady deals. Guys, Next Gen tried this trick like 30 times. It never worked. There's exactly one sketchy, monster-filled location, specifically a bar, in all of Star Trek that's worth one-tenth of one damn. And you left it behind right after Tom Paris rescued Harold from being scammed by its bartender. Why we're here in this dingy place instead of, you know, out in space exploring space or actually going home is not entirely clear. Or rather, if it is made clear, I wasn't paying attention because I was too busy beating my head against my desk repeatedly. But because what unfolds is a story we've seen probably 600 times before in Star Trek, which is particularly impressive when you realize, and I counted, we've only covered about 500 episodes so far. Our guys get captured by some jackbooted thugs. The guys back on the ship try to negotiate with the jackbooted thugs and fail. Then they reroute primary EPS conduits through the waffle dried and emit a low-level omelet pulse, creating particles of sausage, bacon, and ham. Note to self, write summary after breakfast next time. (laughs) Meanwhile on the planet, Kate has been taken in by some crazy guy who's supposed to be sympathetic, I guess, but he's really just kind of mopey and incoherent. He thinks Kate's his daughter, and nothing she says can convince him otherwise. I'm not your daughter, she says. We're not related. I don't even know who you are. Stop saying I'm your daughter, and so on in that fashion. But it's all for naught. Or rather, it's all for 47 tedious minutes. 
Then she rescues her people and they leave, having learned nothing about any of our primary characters, never having believed that anyone was in any danger, and leaving behind a forgettable planet of people we will never speak of again. Voyager! Let's not forget we also had to kill off the crazy old man so that his death would have meaning or whatever. Okay, what was the meaning? I don't know. I must have missed that. And I've old seen crazy, old crazy people should be respected. Okay, so for what first they of all, can do or fail to do. You keep referring to him as old, and he's not young. He's not old. He's like fifty. That's the thing. He's definitely not old enough to actually be uh, 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 Mulgrew's like father. No, not even close. Like Mulgrew's forty when the show started. Mm-hmm. She's my age, and that dude does not look like he could be my dad. No. Just he doesn't. He's you know that would he'd have to be around sixty at, at the at the youngest, mm-hmm. and he doesn't look that old. No. So there's that, but also I, I get what you're saying because old crazy guy is sort of a stock character. Yep. But he's no, he's like middle aged crazy guy. Yeah, and he's he is benign. I'll give him that. Mm. Like, you know what I mean? Like he seems harmless and kind of sweet. He just is not good. No, that's the thing. They never give us anything to like give a shit about like they're trying so hard to be well he lost his family and like it made him crazy and the war has been wearing down on him for years and years and he's desperately trying to hang on to well this is your bad thing right that's what you're saying right now yeah okay but like i it doesn't work because the dude's really irritating in fact like there's this scene that i think it's your quote it is actually so we'll just play that because he's he's laying on the crazy to, to distract the guards from attacking somebody or whatever but i mean it's really not that much more crazy than the crazy he is most of the time and that crazy is really irritating yeah well no that scene was just painful to watch Mm -hmm. which i there's there's no good quotes in this so that's what i had to pick because it's at least it's memorable i guess yeah like i'm a soft touch for like the dude with with uh the dude with dementia okay we covered this when we did Sarek. um And if you can't make me like give a shit about the guy because of that, then you're then you are not trying hard at all. I would say it was less dementia and more post traumatic stress. Like he's been through a lot of shit, and now this is his way of dealing. Oh, with see, it. it seemed like super dementia to me. It could be, and you you know the signs. Like you, someone close to you went through all that stuff, oh, so yeah. you, you know. Thankfully, no one close to me really has. But um, I, it felt more to me like his his wife or his daughter. I don't even. I wasn't paying that much attention. Yeah. But <laughs> we were like, talking about video games. Yeah, we were talking about pretty much everything. Anything. Yeah. No, but I mean, I watched. I did watch this twice. No, it 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 felt to me like his mind just was destroyed after some bad shit happened. Yeah. And maybe that resembles dementia, but it it, it felt less like he had a, a debilitating medical condition mm. and more that this happened because of circumstance well and they also talk about how this isn't even like the fifth or sixth time he's done this like well yeah they get to the end they get to the storming the castle and they're like oh it's you again yeah he's like uh, yeah he does this every couple of years we throw him out and, and then <laughs> that he just way- forgets it all and comes back <clears throat> yep <laughs> grabs another woman off the off the street adopts her as her or drops her as his daughter and tries to rescue his dead wife yeah it's uh, I just didn't the thing is this kind of story works better when it's an established character mm-hmm. or an established society or really this is my bad thing I don't care about any of this one of the advantages of Voyager's premise is that you don't have to stop at these internal conflict of the week planets yep. like because they're on their way home they don't have time for that and I was hoping we were done with this kind of episode but no and it's like Okay, Sarek, not only, I mean, specifically that was about a well-established, like, secondary original series character. It was about a a well-established series character, but I think you could have done, you could have rolled into Sarek having never seen any other episode of Star Trek. Yeah, what I'm getting at is 
it worked because of that. But it also worked because you know what a Vulcan is. Mm-hmm. You know what an ambassador is. You know what how important it is for a Vulcan ambassador to do his job. Mm-hmm. Like, those are all situations we're familiar with. This planet, we don't know anything about. We know we're leaving it, na- like, at, at the end. Mm-hmm. So we don't care, like... Like, another good example is we saw a couple of different uh, good DS9 episodes where a Bajoran was uh, really badly affected by the occupation. Yep. And there was that one dude who wouldn't leave his land, and Kira had to become a sellout and make him leave and set his house on fire. Yep. And there was the old uh, Cardassian dude who uh, altered his appearance so that he could look like the guy who he thought deserved to be punished. Like, yep. The, the occupation fucked up a lot of people. And because that was an omnipresent situation in that show, we understood, like, it. the stakes were more. Mm. Like, we cared because, oh, yeah, the occupation, the thing yeah. we talk about a lot, the thing that affected a couple of our main guys. But this is, like, nobody cares. Yeah. You understand what I, like, you understand the difference? Like, mm. it's, uh, I just, I have nothing invested here. And like I said in my summary, we didn't learn, like, we didn't get any insights into our guys. Nope. We, did, like, we never thought the ship was actually in danger uh, no. or the people were going to stay in jail. Well, I mean, then these are some of the most ineffectual villains ever. Like, well, But uh, this was oddly your good thing. Your, yeah. your good things are bad things this week. It's weird. Yeah, at least they're good things I'm in, or they're bad things I enjoyed. I mean, that's that's valid. If you're getting entertainment out of it, that is a good thing. I love the, just the stupid, they're such Star Wars villains. Like, if you took... If you took the well, they're wearing all black. Yep, but I mean, if you took away the em- like, if you took if you took the empire and took away like the 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 heads of it, like Darth Vader and the Emperor, mm-hmm. and you just had the low level bureaucrat guys that are hanging like out the of the grand death- moths. Yeah, the, the just the the guys arguing on the Death Star in the first one. Right, like that's all the villains in this. They're all identical white guys in leather armor. Yeah, which instantly lo- all looks like like all their armor looks like it was made out of Darth Vader's sleeves. <laughs> Yeah, um, I can see that. <laughs> um, and they're just like with their stupid. Oh, you, for, you forgot the chest belt. With their yeah, their stupid chest belts and their easily stupid seducible guards, where Janeway <laughs> oh, can like, oh, a God. prostitute. That gives me a great idea. Oh God, Mom, no, that's a terrible idea. And I've talked about this before. I still can't quite figure out if I find her attractive or not, but I definitely don't want to see that. In, mm. And it's not because she's a woman, because I also didn't want to see Picard pretending to make out with Ensign Rowe. No. It's the same kind of, it was the same vibe. It's the same, I think of her as a parent. I th- J- Picard's my dad, and he shouldn't be making out with my sister. Mm-hmm. And Janeway's my mom, and I shouldn't see her. Like, I really thought of it as, like, a Bugs Bunny gets into drag. I was and just to thinking that, thing. too. And she's already a woman. Yoo-hoo! Pl- but I've seen her look plenty womanly. Mm-hmm. It's not that I don't think she's feminine, or even that she has to be, but I don't, you know, it's not that I think she's particularly mannish. Mm-hmm. It's just, it didn't feel... Right. Don't don't put her into creepy seduction hooker mode. It's unsettling. No. Yeah, it re- it it really did have a Bugs Bunny and drag vibe. Yeah, it's uh, like <laughs> waving a handkerchief, like you know, blinking her giant eyelids. Yeah. I'm just waiting for the, uh, the 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 guard to have his heart like burst out of his chest and have the awuga eyes and everything. Yeah. No, see, that would be good alien design rather than. What we got in this episode. Okay, yeah, let's... Continuing your your description of these guys. Let's... Oh, my God. Okay, so the fucking nipple-nosed aliens. (laughs) The the nipple-nosed aliens of Verderon 6. That's what they should have called this Oh, my God. They've got, like... You want to talk about lazy fucking alien makeup. Mm -hmm. It's... Like a weird little, from some angles it looks like a nipple on their nose, and from other angles it looks almost like like someone took a chunk of skin out of their nose and just the bone is exposed. It looks like somebody saw Bajorans and said, "Oh, I hate that," and took a cheese grater. It <laughs> just plucked it out. Ah, give me that. Yeah, it's just it's terrible. It's so terrible. And we have like the episode, a big chunk of the episode is Kate running around on the planet undercover and no one fucking notices that she's got like this weird like her face doesn't have the, the nipple on it. Yep. And I mean, like, think about this. If you saw someone running around just like with a big piece of their face missing, you might not say anything, but you definitely make a note of it. No, in, in polite society, of course you don't. But if she's wanted by the cops, mm-hmm. the cops probably will add that very, like, 
uh, important uh, detail to her physical description. Yep. Hmm, by the, the way, the only one on the planet without a, with, with a half a nose. Yep. No nose. To them, nipple. that's half a nose. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah, it's not good at all. This but, you, but that's your good thing because mm-hmm. no, I love. <laughs> give me stupid goofiness. Like at least it's funny, you know. It's a little funny, I suppose. I'll t- I'll take stupid guards getting uh, getting seduced and then bonked on the head. I I didn't care for it, but you know, we we like different things. I'll take <laughs> I'll, I'll take my victories where I can get them. Yeah, look, we. I mean, I took what I thought was the only good thing in the episode, which is genuinely a good thing. Yep. Which was um, there's a scene where uh, Belana or Annie, as you're apparently calling her now. Yeah, I'm liking that. Eh, we'll see right. if it sticks, but I'm liking that so far. Okay. Um, and Tuvok are in a cell together. And as I mentioned before, they're they're occasionally put at odds. Mm-hmm. And there's a really good scene that felt very Star Trek that you feel like after all this Star Trek must have been done before. And I don't think it has. If, if it has, I don't remember. Mm. Which is the basic argument of my, my culture's philosophy is this. Yes, but my culture's philosophy is this. Yeah. And it's a Klingon and a, and a Vulcan. She's like, I thought Vulcans didn't feel pain. And, well, of course we feel pain. We just shut it out and try to get on with things. Yeah. Yeah, but don't you get mad and want to get revenge? Well, no, you have to keep that shit in check, man. And it's just like, that's actually pretty, like, back to basics Star Trek. Like, like yeah. Spock and Kirk having a nice moment or whatever, you know. Yeah, it's a great scene. I liked it a lot. And and the, the two actors, like, like, carry it well. And it's just... What I like, character work. And yeah. Two, two very different perspectives coming together and trying to find some common ground. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure we've seen those two together, but, like, I personally can't remember it, and it's great, you know? like No, like I said, they're often, in a professional sense, yeah. uh, pitted against each other, where she wants to do the crazy thing and he wants to do the sensible thing. Mm. But I don't know that they've ever had sort of a, a personal moment together before. Yeah. I continue to really like Tuvok. Yeah, me too. But, again, a lot of that is Tim Russ really being into this. Yep. And like know. he he cares about his character in a way that Chakotay does not. Yeah. And the thing also is like that makes it more impressive to me is we already had a Vulcan main character, arguably the most famous character in all of Star Trek ever. Yep. What more can you add? And the answer is, well, there is some, mm-hmm. which is really impressive because yep. he could just be a lame copy of Spock and he's not. He's no, he's not. He's guy. definitely his own guy. He's weirdly like. He's weirdly petty. Yeah. Like we talked about earlier. Yeah. Oh, uh, Spock occasionally had that. I mean, his arguments with Bones. Well, yeah, but that was always like, that was his, that was his you know, his way of yeah. showing affection for Bones. Like, yeah, yeah, and he didn't do that with everyone. No, like. Tupac is like that with just about everybody. He is. And the, it gets back to the Chakotay thing again. I love that he fucking hates Chakotay. I think he just, he, he really doesn't like any of the Maquis guys, I think. I don't blame him. <laughs> you know. Well, and I mean, he's had to, he's had, he had to like hang out with them and pretend he was a Maquis for all that time. Mm-hmm. I'm sure like th- logically, like he should hate them and they should hate him. Yeah. No, they should definitely hate him because mm-hmm. he betrayed them. Yeah. But, but he hates them c- just because they're the Maquis. Just like, you guys are the we, worst. We offered you a house for Christ's sake. A really nice house. Yeah. Fucking stop uh, whining. Get back yeah. to work. But I, the planet we were on, mm-hmm. bring, coming around to that, is is very much reminds me of a lot of those Maquis, like, mullety, rebel-y type. Yep. Like, here is filthy, and here's some flaming trash cans, and everyone's wearing rags. No, no, oh, it, isn't, this time what? it was a flea market. Oh, right. They went to a flea market. Um, uh, oh. <laughs> Probably to buy some fleas for Neelix. No. No, what they were buying was Tuvok's bed outfit. <laughs> my god okay we, which i didn't notice this the first time but the second time we were watching this and god damn you just happened to notice that tuvok is wearing well his the he's wearing a, a sort of a button-up shirt like a collared shirt with a vest over it, yep. and it actually from a different angle it looks kind of like he's he's like wearing a natty 1920s suit yep but the pattern on the on the vest is sort of quilted it looks sort of like a like a like a blanket and the pattern on the shirt is uh, blue and white stripes, like sheets might be. So sheets with a blanket over top. He's dressed as a bed. <laughs> he's just bed cosplaying. <laughs> the only thing he's missing is a fucking pillow hat. A pillow hat, yeah. Like a like a guy in hat, only puffier. 
Yes. Oh my god. But he does. He really looked like bad. Which I loved. Mr. Tuvok, we're going down to the planet. You need to get a disguise together. Very well. I shall dress as a bed. <laughs> okay. Um, no, I, I picture him doing his research and, okay, I've been covertly monitoring this planet. This is the uh, this is the popular style. Are, are you looking at the people or are you looking at the furniture? Oh, shit. Well, too late now. Gotta go. My studies have shown me that they never really look very closely at their beds. <laughs> I shall take on the aspects of a bed. And my I shall live as the bed does. <laughs> These aliens are a superstitious, tired lot. <laughs> I shall assume the form of a bed. It strikes sleepiness in their hearts. <laughs> Just keep waiting for one of the guards. To go, oh, well, they go this late. <laughs> If there's two things we know about this planet, one, it's they're easily fooled by guys dressed as bed, <laughs> and that they don't care if their prostitutes are mangled beyond recognition. They fucking take, uh, Janeway fucking takes one of the guards back to have sex. Uh, they lay down and fucking, oh god, it's Tuvok. <laughs> <laughs> A couple of arms just reach out of the bed and grab him. You didn't plan on this, did you? Ha <laughs> I am a better shapeshifter than that guy we met at DS9. <laughs> And all I did was put on some clothes. <laughs> Tuvok, master of disguise. <laughs> well, there's a spinoff I would watch. It's Tuvok and Odo together. And Tuvok's always trying to outdo Odo's shape-shifting with just elaborate costumes. Oh, man. That, that would be better than, than this. I keep picturing him as, like, the bush from the Homestar Runner bush with the yeah. eyes. Bush. Bush. <laughs> Tree, shrub. Oh my god! Yeah. No, it was is an odd detail that you know uh, in, in an, esp- an episode where we're desperately looking for something yeah, to latch on to. When, when, uh, when there's when we could be looking at basically anything else. Yeah. Look, he's um, dressed like a bed. Yeah. Oh, the the mokra is what they're called. Oh yeah, the mokra. Uh huh. Right. Because someone was eating okra, and it's like, the, the aliens are the mokra. Don't want my okra, huh? It was good mm. okra. Um, yeah, it just, like, my notes just keep saying, oh, I don't want to watch this, and I hate it. Yep. It says that over it's, and over it's, it's fucking garbage. It's a garbage episode. Um, Michael Jan Friedman mm-hmm. wrote this, and he wrote a bunch of uh, Star Trek novels. Yeah. Uh, he adapted a bunch of episodes into novel form. He also wrote a, ha- a couple of half-decent, like, standalones. Mm-hmm. Uh, one in particular called Crossover was where uh, Old Scotty, Old Spock, and Old Bones, you know, the three original series guys that we know are alive in Next Gen Era, like, yep. reunite for a mission. And that was actually pretty good. <laughs> There's a fun team. Best friends without their best friend, uh, Bones and Spock, going off an adventure. And, I and guess, also Scotty. And Scotty is there, too. Well, they, they need a shuttle, and he stole one. So. Mm-hmm. No, he actually does steal a ship in that book. Of course he fucking does. And, you know, spoilers, I guess, for a 20-year-old book. <laughs> but, uh, no, he goes to the to the Starfleet Museum, which I'm sure there is one. Mm-hmm. Like, militaries have museums of their old stuff, and steals an old uh, Constitution-class ship. And they go on an adventure in an old Enterprise, which is, it's not the Enterprise, but it's, you know. Yeah, that'd probably be a little too... Um... Yeah, no, no, it wasn't. They specifically said it wasn't. Mm. But it was a ship they were all familiar with and, you know, like, yeah. trying to recapture their youth. And it was it was fun. But mm-hmm. I, So I know Michael Jam Friedman can do decent stuff, but th- this is not no. one of them. Um, oh, the, the only other notable thing in this episode for me was at one point one of the guards goes, You! <laughs> and it sounded exactly like, I want to take you to a gay bar! <laughs> Oh, God. A gay bar, gay bar, gay mm-hmm. bar. And I just wanted to watch that video, like, however many times that would make up 47 minutes. Yep. Rather than I, I think we should watch that video right now. Yeah, with the dancing uh, Lincoln strippers. The dancing bear. Yes. Um, That is about all that I have. Yeah. Oh, there, there's a point where uh, Harold says, this is the most sophisticated thing I've ever seen about the aliens. And it's like... You've been in Starfleet. We just established that you guys have been in the Delta Quadrant for 10 months. Yep. Less than a year you've been in Starfleet. And most of the guys you see are the Kazon and guys who are less advanced than you. The most sophisticated thing you, 
the baby ensign has ever seen. Wow. <laughs> this wooden this wooden log is the most sophisticated thing I've ever seen. Look, it's tied together with leather straps. It probably is. Mm-hmm. Like it probably is the most sophisticated thing. And like the thing is Bellana's young enough that I don't think that means anything. You need an old hand like like O'Brien who's been at it for a long time yeah. to really buy that. Unfortunately, there's not much in the way of old age on Voyager. Well, no. And the, I think that was deliberate. I think they were supposed oh, yeah. to be the young and pretty. And, the, of course, the ironic thing there is I don't think most of them are very attractive. No. Not a lot of good-looking people on this show. No. Like, which is why some people latch on to characters like Chakotay and Harold because and they're attractive. <laughs> and Bellana's fine. I, I, I've latched on to Bellana. That's fine. Just don't don't be weird. Annie. <laughs> Annie, as you call her. Yep. Only you call her. Mm-hmm. Uh, anything else? Uh, no. Uh, my, my last sort of complaint about this was, this is a Janeway episode, which means she's, she might be my favorite character on the show. Like, I Mm -hmm. like her a lot. Yep. And even in this, she's got some badass moments, and in the last one, too. But now this is it. Now we gotta cycle around through all the cast again before we get another Janeway. Like, we, we, we ruined it. We, Mm -hmm. we blew our wad. Like, our Janeway episode was this. Yeah. And that's a waste, you know? Like we should get better than this for, for like her. thanks a lot. Now I'm gonna now all I've got is my Neelix episode. Yeah, now we gotta watch Neelix and Chicote and go back through in, in Paris and Oh Harold. no, my oh no, my liver. <laughs> uh anything else from you? Nah. Very well. Uh the website as ever, postatomichorror.com. Hopefully it'll be there by the time this posts. <laughs> I, I have changed servers. Everything runs through my algar.com website, and I'm currently moving that to another host. And as of this recording, it, it is in the ether. Uh, if when this drops, that is still the case, I will find another way to get the show out. It'll be out. Obviously, yeah. if you're hearing this, that will be true. So there's no <laughs> point in even saying that. Never mind. Uh, the email address, postatomichorror at gmail. Um next episode I don't have the list up so never mind but uh, next we'll episode back. is episode and other episode be it, there it, it can't possibly be well I can't I shouldn't say that uh, well Amanda's joining us oh well that'll be that. good yeah uh, and the episodes are called prototype and alliances and mm. I, I don't have any clue however the week after that episode 251 mm-hmm. is the infamous lizards warp 11 fucking episode Ooh. So and and a new guest joining us that's never been on before. So look forward to that. Yes. Uh, in the meantime, though, I don't want to talk about this anymore. So no. let's get out of here. See you, folks. The Post Atomic Horror Podcast is a co-production of Ron Algar Watt and Matt Robotham. Copyright 2015. Please don't sue us. We're just doing this. 